0: My name is Jessica Robinson. I'm the local history librarian for Heights Libraries and we are taking a recording for an oral history interview for our podcast Living in the Heights. It is about 3 p.m. on June 13, 2019. Could you tell me your name and your age and you know, when and where you were
1: born? Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Deborah Elliott, uh, Deborah Marie Elliott, but I go by Debbie, you know, informally. I was born in Cleveland in 1941. University hospitals, uh, there, they had a, a maternity ward at that time, but I was, that's where I was born. And uh, My parents were living in Lakewood at the time. So I, my first five years were, were spent in Lakewood. They were, they were renting because uh, they couldn't buy anything during the war, war years, it, you just couldn't. That, those five years were kind of interesting. After the war in 1945 was when my parents you know bought land, and land in University Heights, which was like country uh, at that time, and built a house that we lived in until my mother sold it after my dad died mm-hmm. in 85, I think that was. But she stayed in the, the, the area, and, mm-hmm. and I went back and forth. Did you have any,
0: any funny stories, or memorable stories, about when you were born? Some people have weird stories. Oh yeah, weird no, weird I've never heard any.
1: <laughs> I'm I never. I'm sure if there had been something, I wouldn't have known about it, but I think it was just, I, can, I know what you mean. But no, I think that, that part of my life was just very, very normal. You know, it's funny, the, the one thing I remember about that was, we lived about a block from one of the main streets in Lakewood. And back then there were trolleys. Mm-hmm. And my dad used to take the trolley downtown to work. And my brother and I would go down, walk down to Beedle. And, but the one rule was that you couldn't, you couldn't cross the trolley tracks. And my brother would always, of course, have to do that. And he would, no, but you can't tell mom and dad. You can't tell mom and dad. And I was, I was so chicken. You know, I went. my mom said you couldn't do that, so don't do it. I, re- I still remember that sort of is from that that period of my life is the one real memory I have. do
0: you remember when they
1: took those away? You know, I I don't. Where were you
0: living away at that
1: time? Um, well, when you talk about trolley, I mean, when we moved here, you know, I mean, in the, in the uh, University of Heights, the the major form of transportation, I mean, outside of cars were either buses or the rapid transit, mm-hmm. because the rapid transit was. It went out as far as uh, Green Road, which is where I think mm-hmm. it still is, ends. I mean that's my memory of, of growing, you know, growing up mm-hmm. was the, the, the rapid. And, and occasionally buses. I mean, I, when I had some summer jobs or I worked for one year in, in Cleveland after college or, yeah, after college, um, I took a bus because of where it was more convenient for where my office was. Mm-hmm. Or at that time, my dad was driving to work, and we usually would drive down together, and he'd drop me off. But the rapid transit was really our major form of Mm -hmm. public transportation. And I mean, like when when my school friends, when we went on to uh, Shaker Square, which was sort of the place to hang out, you know, we always took the rapid, Mm -hmm. because my school was at the end of the Green Road rapid stop, and we'd just get on the rapid. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so let's... We'll backtrack a little yep. bit back to your earlier childhood. So yep. you said you were in in Lakewood, and then you moved to Cleveland, or University to, to University, University Heights. Heights. Yeah. Whereabouts did you live in University Heights?
1: We were about a mile from Belfair, the the, uh, the Jewish Orphanage. We were about a mile in a different direction from John Carroll. There was no given neighborhood name that I'm aware of. We were sort of surrounded by Cleveland. It was an interesting neighborhood in that one side of it, was, had, was relatively old. I mean, you know, the homes were much older. And then where we were was all new development. So, you know, we started with dirt roads and no sidewalks and, you know, slowly it became civilized.
0: <laughs> Can you describe your your childhood house that you grew up in for me?
1: My parents built a house that was right after the war. It was a relatively, I mean, as in comparison to a lot of houses today, I mean, it was a relatively small house, but it was comfortable. And there was a living room a dining room that would adjoined it, a nice size kitchen with a little, a little breakfast area, breakfast room area. On the second floor, there were three bedrooms. Mine was right at the top of the stairs, and my mother, my parents adjoined adjoined my. I mean, it wasn't there wasn't a door, but it was it was back to back to mine. And then my brothers was on the other side of the house. He looked out of the back of the house, and I we looked out on the front of the house. I can't remember when, but there was when it happened but it was sometime probably when I was growing up that my parents added a room over the garage you know because you could you walked up the stairs there were two sets you walked upstairs and then you made a turn and then that took you to the second floor but where you turned that was where the the garage was right there they they put in this room that was over the garage which was a nice it was mainly a den there was a a bed you know a fold-out bed and everything so when we had company that's usually where they would stay it was I, I loved that room, you know, once it was done, because of the, it was books, and I've always loved books. And you know, it was a, we had a lot of books in the in the shelves, and there was a little desk you could work at if you wanted to. The basement, <clears throat> my my dad actually quote finished the basement. Most of the houses had you know really nice recreation rooms, and ours was just a junk place. You know, he painted it. He put up some walls on you know so that it. The part where the washing machine and dryer were and all of that, you know, were, were separate. And he also had an area he was a, quite a good photographer and he did a lot of his own developing. So there was one area of, of the basement that he used as his sort of dark room. And that, again growing up that I just loved to, to help him, you know, quote help him when he was, you know, developing pictures and everything down in the basement.
0: Was that something that he did as a profession or was no, that a hobby? It was a hobby.
1: He was, and he was quite a good, good photographer. He was quite a good photographer, and unfortunately, because I, I wasn't here when the, you know, the home, my parents' home was broken up, I have no idea what happened to a lot of his photographs. Oh, it,
0: that's really yeah, that's too bad. Because I mean, our
1: whole, I don't want to say it, our, the walls in our house were all his photographs, but he did have some beautiful photographs. He spent three months in Germany on a State Department project when I was in high school, and he did a lot of, you know, photographs over in Europe, that he, And his, they were all black and white. Mm-hmm. He did all, he only did black and white.
0: What kind of uh, work did
1: your parents do? My father was a social worker. Mm-hmm. Not in direct service. He was in community organizing, community planning. For most of my growing up years, he worked for what is now the Center for Community Services, I think, the Welfare Federation. It was the Welfare Federation back then. It was sort of an arm of the, United, of the United Way, which was at the community chest. But the, they, they did their, all of their allocating of their money and sort of the plans for how they were going to allocate. And then when I was, I think it was when I was in high school, he, um, <clears throat> the man who, who came to, to direct the United Way asked him to, to join the United Way staff as his associate, and then he worked for the United Way the rest of his career. And my mother, I think it was about when we were in, I'm going to say, high school. She started working as a private a private secretary to, to some of the, um, quote, society women that lived in Shaker Heights. Oh, interesting. Which was absolutely, I mean, for me, was absolutely fascinating. Very interesting. The, her first job, and I don't know how, how the connection was made, was a, um, a woman, uh, Mrs. Ireland, this is how I remember her. Um, R.L. Ireland, Robert Livingston Ireland was his name. They had this huge, huge house. In Shaker Heights, there was a little there was a little den that you know was where my mom would work, you know, do her typing and, and all of that. And there'd be times, especially when I was living at home, still had a I would had a li- driver's license, and a lot of times I would take my mother over to work so I could have the car, and you know, and I come back and there were, they had a lot of help, and all the help were from Ireland, and uh, they 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 sort of pampered me <laughs> <laughs> because by then the, the children the children of the house were had had left you know left but the the Ireland still lived there and if I'd come around like like lunchtime they they'd bring you this wonderful lunch for me to eat it was it was an interesting experience for me just to see how because these, this this family was very very community oriented they did a lot in the Cleveland community it wasn't all the society stuff and then my mother took on other jobs for again for some of the society people. In uh, Shaker Heights and Cleveland Heights.
0: So, where did, whereabouts did you go to school?
1: When we, when my parents built, there were no schools in University Heights, but we were part of the Cleveland Heights school system. So, I went to Canterbury for kindergarten, and then I went to Oxford until about fourth or fifth grade. And then they built Belvoir School, which now has a different name. After Belvoir, we went to Monticello, we were bused to Monticello and they built Wiley Junior High, and I went there for a year. During that time, my parents made the decision to send my brother to university school because they realized he needed more discipline and that more structured. So they sent him to university school, and then when it was time for me to go to ninth grade, they told me, they told me, they didn't ask me, they told me that I was going to be going to Laurel School, and I did not want to do that. I had a lot of good friends, you know, but it was like, you're going to Laurel School. Well, as I look back, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I, I loved my four years there. Uh, I still, even you know, even you know, having left Cleveland, you know, uh, I still had very close friends. Most of my close friends in Cleveland were high school girls and uh, friends. And in fact, we just had our sixtieth reunion it was a couple couple weeks ago at school, which was a lot of fun. I would say, out of a class of sixty, I would say that maybe there were thirty who came, and a lot came from far away i mean but there were a lot of local ones. but that was you know for me just in terms of my own my own growth in terms of my my educational growth my my all of my growth in terms of you know what I, what I continued to do and why I was able to do what I did because of the foundation that I got there and I still i I always thank my parents for saying you're going, <laughs> and I know they do that.
0: Did you have any favorite any favorite subjects there? Or I always I always also ask about.
1: You know, that's funny because we got taught. You know, at this reunion, you know, you're, you get talking about that, and um, one was Mrs. Hines, who was a history teacher, and she just she just made history really interesting, and I mean, just her way of teaching. And and as a result of that, I always loved history, but I also it was a my aptitude was in math. And then um, I still remember Miss Tomlin, who was my algebra teacher at Laurel. You know, she was one where if your if your uniform was not, didn't look perfect, you know, she'd let you know. Or if you had done if you had lipstick on, you know, you take that lipstick off. You're not supposed to be wearing lipstick. You know, she, but she was an excellent teacher. And I went. I continued that on in math, and I was a math major in college. But it was it was probably, even though I didn't want to go, as I look back, there's no question that I wouldn't be the person I am today, had I not had those four years. You know, personal reasons and for professional reasons, I doubt that I would have that I would have utilized what you know my my talents or you know whatever, had I continued in the public schools here in Cleveland Heights. What was
0: your dream job? Either as a child or in high school. Oh, as, as a, there, what, what did you what did you imagine? Well, as, would a, as do and what did you wind oh, well, up doing?
1: As a little girl, <laughs> I was—I mean, I don't know how long. And my girl, you know, being—I was going to be a nurse. I don't know. I don't know why. I, you know, I have no idea. But I was going to be a nurse. You know, that was—I say—was sort of a childhood kind of thing. And I—I I don't think when I was in high school, I don't remember that I had any real, you know, any real thoughts about what I might do. And then I I went to I went to college in Vermont, which was a wonderful four years. I were sort of moving out of my childhood. But I went to Middlebury College in Vermont, which was a co- ... I I wanted to go to a small co ed college in New England. I mean that was what I was gonna do after four years of all girls in Cleveland Heights. I don't know if you know Middlebury College, but it's
0: Yeah, I've heard of
1: it. Uh, it's you know, it's a, I mean relatively small compared to, you know, big universities. But it's it was it's a small co ed. College right in the middle of nowhere in Vermont and I, I, was, I was a math major but I became more interest much more interested in in history and you know that that kind of thing while I was there the highlight of my four years at Vermont the the poet Robert Frost was from Vermont he lived up the hill is what we would call it and once every four years he would come down to the college to give a read, as he said, a read his poetry, and they did it every four years because that meant every every student who went, if they if they were there for their whole for their whole four years, it would one of those years, and that was the highlight of my college career, listening to Robert Frost say his poetry, and he had the most amazing ability to start quote saying a poem, he would digress into something. And when he was done with digressing, he'd come right back to where he was in the poem. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. It was just amazing. And that, that, for me, it's funny, to you know, going, going to school, a math major, uh, you know, and all of that, that was the highlight of my college career, was having been able to hear Robert Frost say his poems.
0: He sounds like a really powerful oh, he, public speaker.
1: Yeah, yeah. And his, I don't know if you've ever read any of his poetry, and, but, it, you know, it, there's, there's a lot there there's a lot there. And I remember once when my parents were visiting uh, visiting me, and we went to the Waybury Inn, which was one of the nicer places to go in the, So it was outside of Middlebury, sort of in the middle of nowhere. Wonderful. And it was also an inn, as well as a good, you know, good restaurant. We went there for dinner, and he, as he got older, he, uh, he, he would spend his winters at the Waybury Inn. Uh, it was just, you know, better for him. And we were sitting there, and he came down for dinner. And my mother said, you know, we've got your, your book of his poetry in the car. Why don't you go get it? And and I said, you don't bother Robert Frost. I, I sort of always regret that, but that was sort of a, you you, you never...
0: Yeah, I you never Yeah,
1: but it, and it's, it's funny to say that the highlight of your college career was, you know, sitting across the restaurant from uh, Robert Frost and actually and hearing him, mm-hmm. quote, say his poems. But Middlebury was a, a wonderful, I mean, again, as Laurel had been preparing me for college. My life at Middlebury, you know, prepared me then. And I'm still in, in close contact with my one of my college roommates who was from the Boston area and now lives outside of Pittsburgh. She, she met her husband at, at Middlebury and they moved to a small town, Washington, Pennsylvania, which is outside of Pittsburgh. You know, I still have been in close touch with her and some others. I've never been back to a reunion. I haven't for some reason, I just haven't desired to. I did, went to graduate school then at the University of Pittsburgh in the School of Social Work.
0: So, did you were you kind of and following? Do you well, of your father a all? Well, or? what
1: it was is I knew I had a a talent in in research. Um, you know, not chemical or anything, but in social research. And I worked for one of the agencies of United Way that did a lot of research and you know analyzing neighborhoods and all of that. And I, I worked for them for a year, and I, I knew that was sort of the direction I wanted to go in. I, I looked at, at what was then West, just Western Reserve, but not, but the School of Social Work there, which is where my dad had gone. They only had the, the research program at the doctoral level, and I, I didn't want to go through the other the first two years of you know casework and group work. And the University of Pittsburgh was one of the few schools that offered a research component at the at the you know graduate school level was and so I went to the University of Pittsburgh, and that was those two years were wonderful too. You know, I didn't have a car, I, and there had streetcars in Pittsburgh, and I lived about a mile from the, you know, from the campus. And sometimes I'd walk, sometimes I'd take the trolley.
0: So what what years would those be that you were in? Let's see. Um, I'm trying think?
1: to think. I graduated from college in 59, 63, 64, 65 and sixty six. Sixty five and sixty six. And and by coincidence. My college roommate from my last two years, who was in Boston, she married a, cl- a classmate of ours, a our guy who was a couple of years ahead of us, who was from Washington, Pennsylvania, which is outside Pittsburgh, but he was going to the University of Pittsburgh Law School. And she was going to, at the same time that I was there, she was going to the Graduate School in Education and Teaching. And so for the first year of my graduate school, they lived about a mile from me, and I used to, you know, spend a lot of time with them. Which was which was nice to have that kind of sort of part of my past.
0: You were in school, so it might not have been. You you might have been busy with studying and other things. Mm-hmm. but I would think the middle of the '60s. That would be a really interesting. Oh oh yeah. A really interesting time in the country, like. Oh yeah. Uh, a time of. Right. Unrest.
1: There was and coming from a relatively liberal, not relatively, you know, a liberal family, you know, more after. After college, I mean, in college it wasn't, it, I think we were just too isolated. But in, in, when we were in Pittsburgh, you know, there were, there were still a lot of things that, uh, that I got involved in. But it was actually more my first job out of graduate school it was in New York City. And my brother and his family happened to, they were living there too. That's when I really got involved, you know, like the March in Washington. And, you know, we wow. did some of those things. Uh,
0: so was that through your job, or was that something no, that you was, were doing as part of your own? My, that was me. Yeah, that was me. Um, that was, sounds really interesting. Can yeah. you know, Tell me more about it, or if if you don't, uh, yeah. you know, if you feel uncomfortable, you don't. Oh no, sure. no I it don't. It sounds really know, interesting. It's funny because I
1: hadn't thought about that th- those times, and still, you know, doing this. But I'm trying to think because we went down. We went to the to the march on Washington. We were part of one of the marches in Washington, and I'm trying to think. Because I, I think one of them, I know I heard uh, Martin Luther King, uh, you know, speak in, 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 in on one of the you know, one of the events that uh, that we were a part of, and it was during the Vietnam War. So a lot of anti-war activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I now it's sort of coming back a little, a little better. And I, I won't say that we were, you know, real activists but we were definitely activists you know when there were you know rallies or that kind of thing you know we and when i say we it was usually my family, you know my brother and his and his wife they they had two little boys that always participated with you know with us
0: did your brother live in, in the heights or did he move away
1: <laughs> he went to college and then he got his law degree at the university of michigan and he married he married a girl that was from this area And his first job was in New York City, one of the big Wall Street law firms. He was a very brilliant, brilliant man. I mean, he still is, but he was, you know, he was top of his class at Michigan Law School and that kind of thing. And And that was part of, for me, that was part, that was, I won't say the reason I went to New York City, but knowing that I would have family there when I moved, what made it, I could do it. You know, I don't think I would have done it if, I, if they hadn't been there. And that's, I sort of got involved through him in, in some, a lot of these, you know, th- because he was, he was an extremely, was and still is, an extremely liberal a liberal person. And it, it was always nice, you know, my parents would come and visit us a couple times a year. And I have, I have memories, this is, I, I, it's fun to do this, I, I have memories, they'd come at Thanksgiving, and my, my mom and dad and I would take the boy, and my brother. We'd take the boys, who were little, I mean, I think probably three and five, or, you know, they were little, but we would take them to the Macy's Parade. We'd take the subway, you know, do the Macy's Parade with them, and then my brother and my dad would take the boys, and they'd do something, and my mother and I would go to a nice restaurant and have lunch. i just forgot about all those, you know, those fun times. But it was nice for me to have them, you know, close by, and, and I didn't have a car. I mean, you, you don't have cars. And, did New York City, and so I got to be here. and go to riding subways, and and, and then for two or three summers, we rented a cottage on Fire Island. And I, when I say we, it was my brother Dan and Carol, my brother and his wife, and me, and then Carol's sister, who was a couple of years younger than than I am, and who was also working in New York. But that's for I, we did that. I want to say for three summers which was just a lot of fun. I don't know if you're familiar with Fire Island or not. It's
0: I've heard a lot of stories Well, about well I mean Fire it's <laughs> I mean everybody when they
1: when I say Fire Island they go, "Oh, you know." And it's very different. It's it's an interesting place. I mean, it's not that big of an island. There are definite communities. The community we were in was more it was really a family-oriented community. Mm-hmm. Though the the house next to us was rented by there were four guys and a gal Mm-hmm. Who were, they? Were they weren't family, but they were. We had a lot of fun going, spending time with evenings with them. And, uh, yeah, that
0: sounds really interesting. So yeah. was that in the '60s too?
1: Yeah, yeah, that would have been in the late '60s. I mean, so and it was during the whole, you know, the you know the anti-war activity and you know that kind of thing, and uh, and you know I was involved with a lot of that kind of stuff. But the, I sort of forgotten about the summers on Fire Island. It sounds really fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: How long were you in New York?
1: I was there for three years. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of changes. At, I was working for the what is now United Way of America, the national organization for United Ways, and there, a new a new executive came in. And I mean, it wasn't that I was let go, but I knew I didn't want to re- stay there. You know, under him. I mean, a lot of people were leaving. United Ways have a system. A, a, it's sort of like an employment agency. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you're interested in looking then you, you can register and you know what you're interested in, where you're interested in going and everything. And that's when I moved to California. I got a job at the United Way in, in San Diego.
0: Oh wow, yeah. that must have been a big change. So you mentioned you had family in New York, did you go?
1: Uh, well travel? actually by then, I'm trying to think, by then Dan and Carol were, they lived in, here in Cleveland and they, they divorced a number of years ago. But my brother's always been in Cleveland, so I went by myself when I went to um, California. Yeah,
0: that sounds really. Yeah, <laughs> were you
1: were you nervous? I yeah, yeah, I was I was a little nervous because I mean I I had family even though I was working not in Cleveland but you know I had family in New York and this was going to be a, a really a new experience to me. But I I often tell the story when I went up for my interview. The first night I was there, they had made arrangements for me to stay at a hotel that was right into the bay, and. I had dinner there by myself because I was then I was going to be the morning. You know, they were going to come and pick me up. You know, but I had dinner all by myself, and I'm sitting there looking out on San Diego Bay as the sun is, you know, setting. And I thought they can offer me a job to be their cleaning woman, and I'll take it. I want to live here. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful city. Southern California is has interesting history. I've always been interested in history, even though I never, you know, really. And there's a there's a real yeah real history to Southern California. In terms of how it was settled by the um, the missions, the Spanish came up from you know the Mexico in that area, and they they went up the coast. I'm trying to think of the man's name; it'll come to me. But there was one he 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 wa- he did literally walked up the coast of California, and all of the missions in California are the the distance between them is the distance that a man could walk in a day. Oh wow! And I didn't so know that. Yeah, there's so there're like 12 or 13 missions. Mm-hmm. And I always had an interest in history and I became, I became quite, you know, the, the mission, the whole mission thing became a, sort of a thing for me and I, I did a lot of studying of um, Father Sarah and his travels and I, I think there were like 12 or 13 missions in all. And I, I actually went, I actually visited all but one of them during my three years. And You know, some of them were, like the San Diego Mission is right on the edge of downtown, though it's beautifully, you know, the, you know it doesn't look like downtown, but it's, it's right on the edge of downtown. And a couple of others were that way in smaller cities, they'd be, still be the center of the city. And then there, there was one, I thought, you know, I, I followed the directions and I was in the, was in the middle of nowhere. And I thought, I hope I don't have any car trouble, <laughs> you know, and it was it was kind of dilapidated, but it was still, you know, it was still being kept up. But I, I think I missed one of the missions that were f- the furthest north, oh, yeah. even though I, um, I, I then um, there were a lot of changes going on at United Ways at the time. I knew a new executive came into the United Way in San Diego, and I knew that I, it was time for me to to move on. And my next, you know, my next job then was at the United Way in the Bay Area in San Francisco, which was a real, you know, a real change. I mean, United Ways are the same, but it, just in terms of the living. I lived in Oakland. My first year, a real, a real nice, well, but all of my years in Oakland were, you know, nice living, you know, the nice apartments and everything. You could, people mean me couldn't afford to live in San Francisco. And I actually, I loved, I loved living in Oakland. my first assignment was setting up the office in Oakland that's why I decided on Oakland I knew even if I'd gone for something else I knew I could not afford to live in San Diego that was the uh, the reason that I was living in Oakland I remember when I lived in San Diego I I I would always been a baseball fan you know I lived in Cleveland but the San Diego Padres became my team and I had a good friend who um was the executive director of Traveler's Aid and she and I used to go to the, the Thursday afternoon, they always had Thursday afternoon games, and we'd go to the Thursday afternoon <laughs> games. And, you know, i say, I'm, I have a meeting with Mary Colachico, I won't be back, and everybody like, we know where that meeting is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when I went to Oakland, I became quite a fan of the Oakland A's. And I did have an opportunity to see the Browns play the Raiders a couple of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you couldn't cheer too loud when you were a Browns fan, or yeah. <laughs> you're not very popular. There,
0: <laughs> anyway, then, I,
1: then I went to the United Way in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So I hit all the three.
0: Yeah, that must have been most of the major
1: yeah. the metropolitan yeah. regions, right? Or metropolitan cities yeah. in that region. Yeah, yeah. And and I still, I still, I mean, I did get back, you know, here once at least once a year, and I also. I was involved in some activities with the United Way of America, which was headquartered mm-hmm. head- in uh, in of Washington, mm-hmm. and so I did, you know, maybe once or twice a year, I get there, which was always, you know, always fun. After that, I went to work for Lutheran Social Services of Northern California, which is the the um, uh, how do I say it, the social service arm of the Lutheran Church, mm-hmm. and I, I was not Lutheran, though I thought I'd been born and raised in the Disciples of Christ Church, and mm-hmm. I was yeah. I sort of. When I go home, I you know go yeah. to church, but that. But um, I they were they were setting up an office in the East Bay of Oakland, and uh, I I was part of that, uh, and and that was it was a wonderful experience because my office was in a little little Lutheran church. A lot of the Lutheran churches in Oakland, oh, when they heard they were gonna, when they were going to open an, when the churches heard they were going to open an office, mm-hmm. about five different churches offered office space. Mm-hmm. So when I got there. Even though I was I was sort of working out of the San Francisco office, I was looking for you know where I would be, and and I had I had moved to Oakland because I knew Oakland and I, I wanted to stay there. Um, actually, it was I knew, moved to Richmond, which was a little north of Oakland, but you know it was in the area. And I visited about five churches. You know, yeah, yeah you know, some were. And the last one was a little church in El Cerrito, California, which is, is north of Oakland. And the minister was a woman who was my age. Mm-hmm. And she had, she had married young, had two kids. Her husband died very young. She raised her boys, and then she went to school social work. And I mean, we were what in our, we were probably in our 50s at the time. She set up the Oakland or the East Bay Office of Lutheran Social Services. And it was in her, the offices were in her church, Price Luther Church, in El Cerrito, California. The, the church was still a church. I mean, they, they wasn't, didn't have a large congregation. The, my office was actually one, what had once been one of the Sunday school rooms. You know, but it was, and working with her, I mean, we had, we developed a wonderful relationship, and I'm still quite close to her, mm-hmm. even though she's still in, in California. It was a good change for me. Grown up in a church, I really hadn't been involved in a church in a long time, though I still consider myself a religious person. Mm-hmm. And I, I started actually going to that church and, and became quite active in the church, too, which got me back into... Were
0: you raised with religion, like with a, your parents' yeah, religion? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Disciples of Christ Christian Church. Oh, okay. We, my grandfather was a minister. My mother's father was a minister. At what was then the Euclid Avenue Christian Church, which is down at 99th and Euclid. If you drive by, it's a beautiful old green belt structure. I mean, it's still a church, but it's not in the Disciples of Christ anymore. At that point, I had sort of, I still considered myself religious, but I wasn't going, you know, I, it was getting me back in when I when I got to work for Lutheran Social Services, and, and mm-hmm. then that got me back into being more of an active church member. I went to that church for a couple of Sundays, but my, um, my brother's first wife, Carol, I happened to run into her some, somewhere, and she asked me if I'd found a church yet. And I mm-hmm. said, "Well, not really." And she said, "Well, Dan, who was her oldest son, she said we still go to Fairmont. Pre- we go to Fairmont Presbyterian Church." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh," because when I was growing up, that the nickname for Fairmont Presbyterian Church was the Sea of Mink. Oh, it oh. was very, very mm-hmm. society, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it had this reputation. And when she said she went to Fairmont Presbyterian Church, I mean, I was like, oh. And and I knew her mother and I knew my nephew, you know. I said, I I guess it's changed. Yeah. So she said, well, why don't you come? Why don't you meet us there? We'll go on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I did. Still go there.
0: So it must be interesting to have grown up in a community and then live away and then come back. Yes. Are there organizations or... Or things that are not in the community anymore that, that you miss, like businesses or, like, were there places you went as a child or a teenager well, that you you, you, you you say to it, yourself, I wish they were still here? Well, but?
1: you know, that's an interesting question because my best friend growing up, she and I used to take the bus down from where we lived in University Heights mm-hmm. um, down to Cedar Lee to come to this place. Mm-hmm. It was not quite as big as it is now, but we this was our <laughs> library. And we used to walk across Lee Road, and there was a, there was a, quote, dime store, uh-huh. and you know, I, you know, dime stores are, you don't see them anymore, but there was a dime store and we always stopped there. There was a little bookstore, we always stopped at the bookstore. Mm-hmm. We loved to read the Nancy Drew Mysteries, which is a mystery series, and the Cherry Ames, which was a nurse, she was a nurse, you know, and we'd, we'd buy her their books, even though we were going to the library to get books. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a bookstore, and then there was the the soda fountain, and we'd stop and we'd have. I can still remember this, but um, but we we'd always stop there and have. I was funny because she would always have a cherry coke, and I'd have a lemon coke. I mean, you know, we're sitting there at the uh, you know at the counter, and then um, it's see I you know even before I knew I was going to do this, I've been trying to recall in my mind because I live on Lee Road now, mm-hmm. um, just the other side of Mayfield, so it's. But uh, I've been trying to remember if there were other places. But those were the places I really remember that we would stop, and then we'd we'd end up at the library. We'd return our books, and we'd take out new books, and then we'd walk back down, take the thirty-two A (laughs) bus to uh, where we lived in University Heights. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm still, I'm still very close to her. I mean, she was. It was going back to when we moved to University Heights. one day, not too long after we had moved, there is a, we. Know, my parents noticed this man and a little girl walking down the street. And then mm-hmm. they were sort of, they could tell they were looking for, you know. And they came up by our driveway, and he introduced himself. And he, he and his wife and my parents had a mutual friends, a mutual couple, mm-hmm. who lived in Cleveland Heights that knew the Walders real well. And they knew my parents real well, and when my, when they found out where my parents were, you know, moving, they knew that there were two girls, you know, the same age, and they, you know, mm-hmm. we have to get them together, and that was who was walking down the street with the little girl, and Susie and I are still very very close friends, <laughs> and we've remained. I mean, I was, I was in her wedding, and uh, you know, it, it we've just remained very very close, and. I mean, I'd always see her when I came back to visit. But you know, moving back has been wonderful, you because know, we still do a lot together. And she was one the one I would usually go to the library with too. And so
0: yeah, that was probably back when the library was one story,
1: right? I think so. I, they think I, a floor, I think it was second floor. Yeah.
0: In the I want to say in the '60s, but
1: I might be. Yeah, there. I, it, I yeah, it was just one floor. I mean, because I, I remember them when I moved out of Twinsburg and moved, really, you know, moved back into the Heights. I, uh, you know, when I came here, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's really different. Yes. Oh, there's no question. There's no question.
0: Was the YMCA already across the street?
1: It had just been built. No, no, I take that back. I take that back because I'm, I'm thinking about it in the days when I was working in Cleveland. It was uh, built when I was working in Cleveland, mm-hmm. which would have been, in, I think, in the, in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And like, Obama was not here.
0: Right, yeah.
1: But I, I, you know, it was funny. I mean, I I, when I walked into the library, I mean, I was just trying to—the first time, I was just trying to revisualize it and couldn't quite. Do you think
0: the community has changed over time? I know that's kind of a larger—that's kind of a large question. Yeah, but you know,
1: but actually, yes and no. Mm -hmm. I mean, it still has, even though there aren't any. I I don't remember Mm -hmm. any of the stores or that kind of thing that are, that are here now that, that were there then. I mean, like the library is probably the one thing that, you know. But I, I still, it, there's just something about the, the feel. I, I don't think there are as many restaurants, and maybe just because I was a kid mm-hmm. you weren't much, as much aware, but I don't remember there being as many restaurants yeah, as I've, there are.
0: I've heard in some people's stories that's mm-hmm. something that they say that they mess are some of uh I think one of the ones I've heard about is Mobbies. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's oh, some I've oh. heard of that people are like, I miss this specific, right? And I'm trying restaurant to restaurant or this. I, oh, I oh, man, manners.
1: Uh-huh. Manners was, you know, because my my girlfriend Susie, the one, I, her dad is an attorney, was an attorney, mm-hmm. and he and Bob Manners were they they were the ones who actually set up the Manners Corporation. Mm-hmm. And the first, if I remember right, the first manners was at the corner of Warrensville, where Mayfield comes into Warrensville, the, and there. And then there's a, a the, I think it's Route A. You know, there's three three main highways, and there's a triangle, mm-hmm. and there was a manners there, and it was a drive-in. I mean, it was a you could sit down and eat, but there was it was a drive-in. And when we were in high school, I mean, we'd go there every afternoon after school. You know, you have our Coke, <laughs> and in the, the in part, you know, we'd stay in the oh. car. Yeah, we'd stay in the car because you, they, you actually.
0: Oh, so it was like an, uh, one of the places where they brought the food out to yeah. you. To your yeah, car.
1: Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. That, that was a memory I've totally forgotten <laughs> about. So, so manners was always a you know, mm-hmm. uh, and they, they were they were scattered around. I don't know if there was ever one here, but Mobbies, I remember. But it was mainly the drugstore that just because we'd stop we'd stop mm-hmm. there to have a coke at the soda fountain. That was you know, and then of course the bookstore. I mean, I've always been a big book person. I've mm-hmm. always had a book in my hand. So uh, um, you know, our destination was here. Mm-hmm.
0: I have kind of a larger question, if you're liking to yeah, for a kind of a larger question that I'm very curious as to people's answers about what do you know now that you wish you would have known. When you were younger, like if you have like a life lesson that you've learned in your life that you would share with other
1: people, that's a good. That's a good. It's question. a really big question. Though. Yeah, I mean, so when, like you, when you started to add, ask it, one thing came to mind, and I'll and I'll share it with you. There are times when I regret having moved around as much as I did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I thoroughly enjoyed every place I lived, the jobs I had, and what I did and what I learned. And but as a result, I never really established. Even though I did own a condo in San Diego, I never really established real roots. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and maybe part of that too was because I always had family in Cleveland and would come back here, and Mm -hmm. these were always my roots. But I think that as a result of that and the fact that I was very, you know, committed to my work is, while I dated, I never really had There was only one time that I had what I would consider a serious relationship. But I've looked back on that and, you know, I I think of my high school friends. In fact, when I was at the 60th reunion and, you know, people were talking, I realized that I was one of the few that had not married. And I'm I'm not saying that I regret the life I had, but I also regret that I never had, you know, that I never married. Mm -hmm. Because I think that had I stayed in, you know, one place, for a longer period of time, because in every place that I lived, I dated, I had, you know, boyfriends, mm-hmm. or you know, and there, there's, there's one fellow that I, he was, he was interesting, we went to college together, we really didn't know each other that well at college, mm-hmm. but when I lived in, um, it was when I was in school at, at University of Pittsburgh, he was, he was in, from that area, and he, he, he was living with his parents, they had a nice condo down the street from where I lived. But, you know, we, we dated quite a bit. And I think, and I, every once in a while I'll think about him and think, I wonder what ever happened to him. You mm-hmm. know, because I have not remained close. I've only remained close to a couple of my college classmates. I've not gone back for reunion, so I have no mm-hmm. idea where he is. But I think that's the one regret of just being, being a professional woman mm-hmm. at, at that period of time. And, you know, what, what that required mm-hmm. in my job, just at one, the work, and two, being a woman. You know, was you you faced a lot of, <laughs> but I as I look back, I think that's the one regret I have that I I moved around so much that I never really had had the opportunity to establish any kind of a real relationship with someone that I might have you know I might have married.
0: Wow, I think that's a really honest answer. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, answer.
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, I every once in a while I think about it. You know, when I'm with my you know all of my friends and like at they the reunion just recently, you know. I, I realized that I was probably one of the few out of a class of sixty, and then those who were there. I think I was the only one who had never married, and and I, you know, I didn't. I won't say I totally. I mean, I'm not sure I would have wanted to raise kids, you know, when I saw right. it. But I had, I had, because I was so close to my brother and his wife when they were in New York, and the two kids, and and you know, there were two. There was me, and then there was Carol's sister, and so we were the, we were the babysitters and you know, that kind of thing. And I still am very close to both of, Mm -hmm. you know, both of of those kids. I mean, they're sons. And my brother has two children by another, by his second marriage. Mm -hmm. And I'm close to both of those kids. That would probably be the one, you know, sort of I think back and and if I'd stayed in one place rather than moving around for professional reasons, if I'd stayed in Cleveland. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, uh, it sounds like that may have really been a requirement, though. Oh, oh yeah, during that time period, it yeah, sounds like for, yeah, for yeah, yeah, with, yeah and
1: with what I what where I was working, mm-hmm. I mean that's the only way you advanced was mm-hmm. unless you and even if you worked for one of the big United Ways, they didn't often promote from within.
0: Do you have anything else? Are there questions I I haven't um, answered or things that you you would like to talk about that are on your mind?
1: Um, I, I guess one you know one interesting thing is as I. As I Think back again on my life. You know, we and, and I've mentioned. You know, we were churchgoers. As, as you know, when I was growing up, and very involved with the church. In fact, most of my mother's male relatives were ministers. And then after I left Cleveland, and I, I, when I come back here to visit, I would go to church. But I never really established any kind of a relationship in the church. And in fact, I think my parents were kind of surprised when I went to work for Lincoln social services, mm-hmm. and my office was in a church. And I think it was a combination of things. I mean, it was a small church. And with my office there, and everybody knew me and I knew them, they had a senior center every Monday, and I always had lunch at the senior center, you know, that kind of thing. And I became quite close with the woman who was the, the minister who I mentioned, who, you know, went to divinity school after her kids were, were you know, raised, mm-hmm. and was my age, and this was her first church, and I was, I was a third tenant in the church. I'll never forget it. I, we went out to lunch together. We were sitting at a soda fountain somewhere having lunch, and I said, you know, Sharon, I th- I think I'd like to, to start coming to, to church at Christ Lutheran Church. She practically fell off her stool. <laughs> you know, she said, Oh my God! You know, she was like, Whoa! You know, that that was a good that was that was good for me to get back into that. You know, that doing that. And then as soon as I, you know, as soon as I moved back here, you know, when my sister and my then former sister-in-law, still former sister you know, and she and she knew I was you know was a churchgoer. You know, when she said, Well, why don't you come to church with us? And I think as I grow older, and even though uh, my, my nephew doesn't go there, her mother's gone, and she's she's not as active in in the church as she was. She she remarried and has a, her husband has been quite ill, and so she's not been. Right. And and they also they used to travel a lot, you know. So I did I wouldn't see her a lot in church, but you know, she still is sort of I might feel my connection there. Mm-hmm. But I've developed a lot of in fact most of my good friends, the things mm-hmm. people that I do stuff with. It's primarily church-related.
0: Yeah, I think there's a really strong sense of community in a lot of good religious congregations. Yeah, yeah.
1: And we're going through some changes now. I came when there was a wonderful woman pastor mm-hmm. my age, and, oh, and we had yeah, a relationship. Nice. Yeah, we had a wonderful relationship, and we're still quite close. She's out in Colorado now. It's difficult now as a church. You know, it's not. I don't have the same place, the same feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, still, is a, an important part of my life.
0: Yeah. All right. Can you think of can you think of oh. anything else? I I know there's there's probably a lot. You could you can always come in for another interview. <laughs> oh. You laugh but I mean sometimes one session is not Yeah. Well, I mean there's a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot to and sometimes what you were saying, like when you start thinking about things, more yeah. memories come Oh up yeah, yeah. Or no, this,
1: yeah, this has been I mean knowing what was coming up, you know and I I did. I, I, all of a sudden I'd be mean, I would think of things that I probably mm-hmm. would not have if I if I think of things that had you know did have a, a significant yeah. you know influence on my life that I haven't shared. Uh, but it's it's been I I've, I I will have thoroughly enjoyed going through this process.